Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. I will give Chris Sims my spleen if he gets picked 37. Okay, that's it, baby. That was my internet son, PFT commenter. Now, refresh my memory on this because I saw it last night. Right. And I can't quite remember the details. He's offering you his spleen if what happens? If Justin Fields goes at 32, he's going to offer me his spleen. That's it. I said, I'll, good. I'll accept the offer and the spleen. Sounds good. I'll take it. He's very I wasn't witty. aware that, that they had perfected the spleen transplant, but that would be... That would be an entertaining it would be procedure right for me to sit up in the balcony with a giant box of junior mints and witness and in fact if memory serves and it often doesn't the procedure in question in that episode of Seinfeld was a spleenectomy so this would be a spleen into me I guess or uh, some sort of a spleen procedure but uh, yeah let's go Justin Fields 32 I want to see PFT commenter lose his spleen that it would is be draft good. day let's just draft put him on the table here we go baby let's go 13 hours until the draft begins it was funny last night i think the nfl sent out a memo to every team's social media director at exactly eight o'clock eastern time please tweet that there's 24 hours to go until the draft because my timeline was flooded with official team accounts all at the same time with some sort of gif or graphic or something pointing out what we already knew is 24 hours until draft day. It's now 13 hours. We don't have a countdown clock. Sorry, it's not in the budget. But uh, we're here for the next two hours of the 13 to go to get you ready for one of the biggest nights of the year. Even though, even though I believe I still I still believe the process is un-American. I submit to it gladly. On the day that it arrives. Hey, I mean, come on. It, it is it is an awesome day. I, w- I was really, like thinking about this just driving into work today. I mean, all right. We know it's not like as exciting as, you know, the first Sunday of the year, right? 
the Super Bowl, all the playoff games. Okay, I give that the edge. But like, I'm as excited about the draft as I am a normal Sunday during a regular season. I mean, would you say it's bigger than that to most people? How do, how do oh. how big on the Richter scale is the draft for Mike Florio and fandom? Well, I understand what it is, and I understand they don't need all this hoopla. I understand this is something they could do sure. by a group text message. Right. They have manufactured it. They have. Into something larger than it was for decades, and it's grown and grown and grown and grown. I've called it from time to time the ultimate reality show about nothing. And it is about something, but it doesn't have to be what it is. You don't need to have the commissioner on the stage. You don't need to have prospects there. You don't need to have fans there. But it's all about, and Peter King and I talked about this, I think last Friday, it's about the selling of hope to the downtrodden right. fan bases. We've seen dramatic turnarounds. Any year can be your year. So part of the puzzle, getting some free agents in March. That sells hope. Free agency is a big deal. And then the icing on the cake or the foundation for future great teams to come is what you do in the draft. And because we don't get immediate results, you can come away from draft weekend yeah. viewing the glass as however full you want. Definitely. Half, 10%, 90% or more. And, and Chris, part of the etiquette has become gradually, there's no handbook. We get no memo. We do get the memo, don't tip the draft picks. We don't get a memo, hype all the draft picks. But the TV coverage has evolved into hype all the draft picks, even though half of the guys taken tonight are going to suck. The, the, the etiquette is sell that hope, baby. Yeah, no sell doubt. Sell that hope. Every guy's great, 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 great. No more Trev Alberts back and forth between a GM and Mel Kuyper. <laughs> It's all great, 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 great. It's and and maybe that's been affirmatively pushed. Maybe it's subtle, but it's part of why the draft is so big. Fans aren't tuning in to find out why the guy their team just drafted is going to suck. Yeah, they're tuning in to find out why he's going to be great. No, you're, I mean you're right. That that's the, it, that's exactly what it is. You got to build up that hope or that positive attitude through free agency, and now here's the last piece of it to go. Okay. You know, believe in us until at least the preseason starts and you see us out in the field and the results there. So it is cool. It's I, I think it's a great night. It is like it's weird. It's it's a great sports night, even though there's no sports being played. It's still the biggest sports in our country. Sport in our country. You know, the, it's it's young kids who got a lot of potential. And yeah, you're right. That's part. I think part of the intrigue too. We don't know. We don't know what they're gonna be. How good they're gonna be. And, of course, it is a great, great honor to be drafted in the NFL draft. So that's always exciting, too. Okay. Well, <laughs> listen, I hope I live long enough. And I hope your son, again, gets the skip the gene, skip the generation gene. He gets the, real, he gets the Phil he gets Sims the genes. Phil yeah. that, he, that he does honor to his namesake. And that, and that we are gathering at some point, yes. 20, 30-something, that I can still walk, that I can still travel, that I can still move. I'd like to be there the night that Philip is drafted. And I'll be the one okay. with my cane, and I'll be shaking it. Saying it's not. Hey, a he's only—he's ten years old. He's not the two. Seahawks. He's ten years. It's ten years from now. You're gonna be in a cane and that old. That, I'm that, gonna that, be fifty-six okay. soon. Okay. I'm accepting <laughs> it. Right. I'll be six. God 
damn, I'll be 68 when your son's drafted. Yes, hope I hope. my dog's still alive. I hope. <laughs> uh, that's one of the problems about having a dog. Yeah, Since they we're die. we're talking about nothing that we should get to. Yeah. She's already three. Uh-huh. Like, I, I mean, it. I, I spend way too much time thinking about the fact this dog's going to die, and his stats, the former producer of the show, told me when I got the dog three years ago, don't worry, you may die first. So <laughs> yeah. I got that going Good. for me. Which is Glass nice. Half Let's full. turn to the news. <laughs> we're we're, so, we're only se- you know I thought we were like completely off the rails. We're only seven minutes in. Yeah, we we're could good. Keep going. We're good. We could keep going. Anyway, I want to be there to say I told you so. When Philip gets drafted to the expansion team in Tibet, and you're pissed <laughs> off about that. That, that might piss me off. You're right. I might change my <laughs> tune if that happens. There's no doubt. All right. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has been traded to the NFL's equivalent of Tibet, depending upon which day it is in the wintertime. It could be 70 one day and six feet of snow the next. Ted, what is this? Ted, oh, this oh, is the... Oh. <laughs> what in the world? I, I was like, what's going on? I, I didn't know either. <laughs> that was awesome. Teddy Bridgewater, now a member of the Denver Broncos. This was one of those, and I'm sure we had the conversation right after Sam Darnold was traded to the Panthers. This was an obvious destination. George Payton, GM of the Broncos, was in Minnesota when they drafted Teddy Bridgewater seven years ago when they swooped back in to the bottom of the round. They love him there. They love him everywhere he's been. Yeah, sure. They don't love Drew Locke. They got him for a sixth-round pick, and they're only paying $4.5 million because the Panthers are paying $7 million to pick up the sixth-round pick and unload the $10 million they would have owed Teddy Bridgewater if they'd cut him. So, win, win, win. Teddy's got a new team. Broncos got a new quarterback. Panthers have one less quarterback. And both teams are still in play for first-rounders at 8 and 9, respectively. I, which, like, all right, I'm going to start there. I don't buy that. I mean, I, I don't buy that. I really don't. I mean, I know. That's what they're trying to get you to I, think. I know. They're trying to get, you know, everybody want, everybody's taking a quarterback in the draft. The whole draft is taking a quarterback. I mean, everybody, yeah, trade up. We're taking a quarterback. I mean, listen, if that's what they did, if that's what they do, and they do take a quarterback tomorrow, I mean, yeah, I, that, that'll make no, sen- no sense to me with either team, the Panthers or the Broncos. Just go, hey, let's just more assets to the quarterback position. Quarterback, quarterback. I would think that they made this trade to now free themselves up officially to draft the player they think they need the most at number nine with the Denver Broncos. But like Mike, you said it, right? This is not a shocker. It's not. I think the money, you you were on this all along. The money was the big, the big problem with the Teddy Bridgewater situation. You know, guys, he's not going to be a definitive starter. He's going to have to battle it out with a Drew Locke. So they don't want to give him starting money and then have the guy that, you know, might beat him out and be the starter, you know, of course, making minimum wage or a rookie minimum second, second round of the draft type money. Uh, and of course, you know, they know that Carolina wants to get rid of Teddy Bridgewater. But I think the points you made are real. Like, yeah, Bridgewater came from Minnesota with, from where George Payton was. He understands what he's all about. And I think it also is like the perfect guy to go along with Drew Locke for Vic Fangio, if I'm, if I'm in Vic Fangio's shoes, right? You got a guy in Drew Locke that we see talent. He could be something. But he also could be a guy that's careless and throws a lot of interceptions or like that. And then it's like, okay, if he does that, hey, we got Teddy Bridgewater who knows how to play like the game through the defensive angle like he did in Minnesota with Zimmer and control the ball and don't turn it over. So from that standpoint, it makes a lot of sense for the Broncos. 
Yeah, absolutely. And Chris, I thought of something as you were being a little bit snarky yes. about the expectation by some, including our own Peter King, that five quarterbacks will be drafted in the top ten. You've got three in your mock draft. You've got I got don't four. you have three in your mock draft? I got you Trey got Lance. I, I got the Washington. I was thinking of mine. Right. I got I Washington going to Carolina at pick eight. Yeah. To take to take right. uh, Trey Lance. Right. Trey Lance. Right. You got three. You got four. You got four. Peter's got five. I got three. I wonder how much though, because clearly the Panthers could still yeah. go quarterback at eight. Right. And the Broncos could still go quarterback at nine. I wonder how much of rolling the dice on that quarterback that may be there. How much is about maybe we get a franchise guy? that is the answer to the position for the next 15 years and how much of it is if we don't take this guy and he ends up being a superstar, we're never going to hear the end of it. Like how much of that go? It's got it. You got so many hours of build up to the draft and all you got to do is look at Ryan Pace and the Chicago bears and see what they have been hounded by for the last four years because they traded up a spot to get, Mitch Trubisky, they took the lemon off the showroom floor yeah. and left the two high-performance vehicles on the lot. You, I think that's part of your motivation. We need a franchise quarterback. David Tepper, I'm telling you, backseat of his SUV, all or nothing on Amazon. Go find it. It was the season, obviously, with the Panthers. The league is set up for everyone to be 8-8. Eight and eight, Yeah. But with a good coach, GM, and quarterback, that's how you skew it in your favor. You let that quarterback stay on the board and somebody else gets him. Somebody from your division gets him. Somebody you compete with gets him, and he ends up being great. I know. That makes it even worse, I know. I think, than taking him and having him end up being a Well, you, you could play that. You could play. There's two sides to that story, too, though. I could also go to David Tepper and the Broncos and go, look at the story of Sam Darnold. There you go. Maybe that's why you don't just take the quarterback to think, oh, I got to take him. He's the franchise and all that, too. You could certainly, like, argue that side of the – you know, example to go along with it. You're right. It's a tough decision for the Denver Broncos and all that. I think what could be different, though, right, as, like, you compare it to the Bears and all of that, you know, this is like take the quarterback or you don't take the quarterback, right? And I don't know if you'll it'll, it'll be held against you, right? We don't talk about the 49ers passing up Patrick Mahomes very often, Right or a lot we of have the, though I know we, we talk have about, we talk about it, it more than most we do right or the other teams that were in the draft that also passed them up I mean you know what I mean I, I know you Jaguars. and I do but it doesn't they really... had Blake Bortles they had Blake Bortles <laughs> yeah right it, why it do you want to upgrade from the seventieth best quarterback in the NFL hey when you got him you you never look to upgrade but <laughs> that's where you know email now <laughs> that's what that's what I, I mean to me that's. Uh, uh, you threw me off track there, but that that's no, but but go ahead. I, I think what you're what you're saying is it's better to not take a quarterback yes, at all and that's pass what I was on back to the potential franchise guy. What made it worse for the Bears is they picked the wrong they guy. Went, they picked Thank the wrong you. guy. Yes, yeah. exactly. So right. so really, if Lance and Fields are trickling down the board, if yeah. it goes Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Justin or Mac Jones, one, two, three, and Fields and Lance are there at eight. That's and you're and you're the Panthers, and you take one of the two, and the other one ends up being much better. That's when you get yourself that's into when you a get, real exactly, jam. Exactly. That's the that's the jam you got to worry about. Where you go, man. I hope we took the right one. I hope we didn't let the guy go. That's going to be the superstar, and 
you know, we're going to have egg in our face over all of this, you know, three years from now, and everybody's going to be telling us all about that. But, hey, I, I certainly can see that possibility of where Lance and Fields are on the, uh, uh, on the board still, sitting there at number eight. And that's, to me, when the action starts to as far as, okay, yeah, there's the possibility of Carolina maybe drafting a quarterback, as silly as I think that is. But, but then it's also, I think, the time we look at to go, okay, do, do, the, do the New England Patriots come up to take a Trey Lance? Does Washington come up to take one of the two? Are the Bears going to think about making a move? I would say that's about the area where if they fall, you're going to start to see a lot of phone calls and actions about you know their service. And I think especially Trey Lance. I think if Trey Lance falls to the bottom part of the top 10, I think there's going to be far greater action for him than over Justin Fields. Uh, I really do. Um, I have some knowledge of that. But also, I have my belief through my studies and things like that to go along with it. The problem is with 32 teams in the league, it's impossible to know what they all think. And yeah. I can't recall a quarterback where there has been a more wildly diverging swing. You've got some people who think that Field yeah. should go over Zach Wilson at two. And then you've got others who think that this is a guy who could plummet all the way to the bottom of the round, as you do. While we're on the topic of fields, I'm going to skip ahead yeah. to this item that came out from Jeff Howe of The Athletic yesterday that the Patriots talked to the Falcons about a trade up to number four. So the Patriots presumably now that part of it is supposition. The first part's reporting news. Talk to the Falcons about trading up to number four. And listen. I, I, I hate to do this, but we need the audience to understand what happens. Everybody talks to everybody else about every possible scenario. You have those conversations. doesn't mean you're going to do it, but you don't know that it's not a possibility until you know what they'd want. And then you factor that in. All right, we could go to four. Here's what it would cost us. We could go to six. Here's what it would cost us. We could go to eight. Here's what it would cost us. It's part of your due diligence. So just the fact that they had conversations isn't significant in and of itself. It would be significant if they had no conversations <laughs> right, at all. Right. But but the other side of it is this Justin Fields to the Patriots idea. NFL media was pushing that over the weekend, the Patriots possibly trading up to some level, to some number, to some spot to get Fields. I, and and I know that you you don't buy it, no. but it's just a it's a microcosm of this wildly diverging opinion on Justin Fields. Right. Well, I think the first thing is, is like, I don't really see anybody reporting it. It's just like thinking. I think Tom Pelissero did. He's reported Tom it. Pelissero oh, did. Okay. That's the only, everybody's thinking likely they're trading up for Justin Fields. It's all about like a wish where we're wishing it because we think he should go there. So New England should be interested in them too. And they're not. They're not going to take Justin Fields at four. If they are, I'll get on here for a segment and, and do it with no shirt on tomorrow. All right? I'm just saying right now. I will wear my no shirt or white, my white you know uh, tank top underneath here tomorrow for a Wait, segment. All right? I don't know what's more white. Your skin it's gonna be close. Top. It's gonna be close. It's gonna blind will the audience. Will we even be able? Way. Will we even be able to tell that you're wearing the tank? Probably top? not. It might look just like a suntan thing, right? Like I got burned or something. You know, it might be. It's that. gonna look like a reverse farmer tan. That's yeah, what exactly. it's gonna look like. Reverse Let's make farmer. sure we outline the parameters, okay. though. What you're saying is, if the Patriots trade up to yes. get Justin Fields, right? Yes. What if he falls to them and they take him? I'm at almost. 15? I want to. I want to go. I'll do that bet too. I'll do that bet All too. Right. Justin Fields is not going to the New England Patriots. 
I, there's not a team in football that I know better, and I'm not saying that I have inside information here. I just don't believe that for one second, that, that he's their type of quarterback. So that's where I, I push against that a little bit. And here, Mike, here's the other thing, too. So I, I got to give Pete credit, though, before right. you pivot. Yeah. He says, no shirt, no spleen, no service. Okay, I like that. I like that. We can put that <laughs> on the bottom of the screen tomorrow when I do that. Uh, but here's like here's the other thing that I think gets lost in translation. Like You br brought it up. There's, there's conversations with all these teams leading up to the draft. They all talk to each other. First off, when was that call made? That's the first thing I'd like to know. I mean, was that call made way back when, before the 49ers traded for Mac Jones? Most people think in league circles that the Patriots were calling teams in the top five to make a trade-up because they were hot on Mac Jones. The common thought is that the, the 49ers were scared of them and the Carolina Panthers about them taking a Mac Jones or one of these quarterbacks, and that's why Shanahan and the 49ers moved up. So... That, that's the first thing I would just say, when was the call made? That matters, right? But the rest of it seems to me like propaganda from either the Falcons going like, hey, uh, if the Patriots like a Justin Fields, hey, the rest of you team should too, right? Trade up here to number four. We'd like to trade down. It's either that or something from Justin Fields' camp. But I just, I don't buy it. And I haven't seen any, like, like I said, solid reporting, even though you said Pelissero said something about it. I didn't see that. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. You never know who's trying to put the Jedi mind trick on someone else. I mean, if if your guy Kyle Shanahan, for yeah. those of you new to the show, the head coach of the 49ers, Chris and Kyle are old friends, back to their days at Texas. But if Kyle Shanahan truly believes, if he hears something from someone he trusts, that Bill Belichick is sufficiently interested in Justin Fields that he's considering opportunities to trade up, does that make Kyle go back to the cave last night and rewatch Justin Fields' film just to make sure he's not missing something that the greatest coach in the history of organized sports has spotted in Justin Fields. I don't think so. I don't think it'll do that to a guy like Kyle Shanahan who's going to be like confident in his ability and his offense ability and his evaluation of quarterbacks and things like that to where he's just going to be like, oh, okay, you know, all right, Bill, Bill likes him. I, I mean, Bill likes him more than I do. You know, so I, 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 I don't think so. But I do think there's people in the league that that could, like, affect. I'm not sure if it would affect them the night before or two nights before the draft. But if they had got wind of that as this was going on, yeah, I think it would like, make people go, well, let me look again here just to make sure. Am I really hearing this right? Or, you know, is, does Bill see something I don't? Whenever New England's involved in any of these conversations, everybody gets tight because they're like, oh, gosh. They're, they know something we don't, just like usual. What do they know? And that's what scares everybody. But I just I don't buy that. I don't see that as being a, really a fit with the, what the Patriots would like. And really, you know, I, I am interested to know if, if the, the, the trade rumor is real, like as of right now, like are they looking to trade up to move to number four? Because this is the other thing I would say too, Mike, with the Patriots. We haven't heard a rumor from the draft about them in 20 years. And all of a sudden, the, one of the biggest drafts ever, we're like, oh, they're, they're announcing to everybody, we're going to number four for Justin Fields. Like, I, I just have a hard time buying all of that. If they really like Justin Fields, we wouldn't know at all. 
That they you wouldn't we'd have no clue. Just like free agency, we had no clue they were going to do that. New England keeps everything too close to the vest. Nobody knows anything up there except for Bill, Mister Kraft, and like one other guy. So nothing gets out. So I have a hard time thinking that's a real rumor. And what I am interested in exact is, language. Hang right, on, hang right. on, because I got two things to say. Well, cool. One, one. Here's the exact language of the tweet from Tom Pelissero from Monday. Several teams have been making calls about getting into the top 10 of next week's NFL draft. Here's an aside. Yes, that happens. Duh. Okay? Yeah. Including the Patriots, who could have their eyes on Ohio State quarterback there Justin we go. Fields if he Oh, they slide. could. Could. Because I could. like them. Um, yeah. That's or, a- or, or, or someone is pushing it. It's part of yes. the horse trading that goes on, exactly. folks. There's a lot of horse trading that goes on. Push, help me out with my guy, and I'll make sure I give you the, the heads up on something. That, that, that happens all the time. I don't like it, but that's, that makes the world go round in yes. this business. That's right. how you get your five-minute heads up so you can report something before it's announced. But, but it leads into, I got a theory for why the Patriots may be welcoming the idea that they're going to trade up to get Justin Fields, because what else is spinning while this rumor mill is churning on Justin Fields. Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo may be traded before or during the draft. Oh, the Patriots may be the team that gets Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, you know, Kyle, we're, we're just, we're just going to go with one of these rookies. We, well, you get, this guy wants $25 million, and you want a first-round pick or a second-round pick? You want back the pick you gave us four years ago? Right. And you're about ready to unload the guy because he can't stay healthy and you right. think he's worth a second-round pick? Give me a freaking break. Yeah. So it could be just part of the effort to squeeze Jimmy G to take far less than $25 million and the 49ers to take less than that second-round pick that they may be stuck on if they're going to trade Jimmy G now. Yeah, I, I, it's, a, it's a good thought. I mean, you're right. You could use that as a negotiating ploy. Because, uh, too, just like we talked about yesterday, and you've been saying this from the start with Jimmy G, too. Like, we know Bill Belichick. He, he's not going to pay three cents if something's worth two and a half cents. He's just not going to do it. He's going to be like, well, can I cut this penny in half and give you that? Because it's only worth two and a half. I mean, that's the way he is. There's, there's no way he's going to trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, to your point, at $25 million a year. So I would think that 49ers and Shanahan and Lynch are going to have to work some magic like Carolina did with Teddy Bridgewater and lower that number, pay a, 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 a chunk of that contract to where now the Patriots or if anybody else that's interested in Jimmy Garoppolo will be more accepting. And I think also you'll get more back, right, in return if you're the 49ers, if you could just take away some of the money as far as that asset and the draft pick. So what you're saying is uh, not a bad thought. Definitely not. Uh, I understand that. My, my thing, Mike, the other thing I was going to say would like, if if New England's thinking about moving to pick four, I think there would be other motives there. Uh, to me, like, the thing I would go to was like, wait, why would they be going to four? What would they be doing? And that's where I would go to. I think there's a better bet if they trade to four that they're trading to four because they want to get in front of the Bengals and take Jamar Chase or Penny Sewell. It's one of those two. That, to me, would be more of the New England type of thing to do than I think the Justin Fields pick. But we'll see tonight, that's for sure. The big trade-up, definitely not a New England type of thing. And I – look, I 
I still think they're in win-now mode. The idea of making some big move to the top of the draft to get a quarterback who's going to be behind Cam Newton for at least a year doesn't fit with everything we've seen from the Patriots this offseason. And I know some folks in Boston, particularly on radio there, get all up in arms when we say the Patriots love Cam Newton. But you've heard it. I've heard it. They love Cam Newton. And I know the Patriots fans don't love Cam Newton because they see last year and they don't see a path to him being better this year despite all the players they've added. They had John U. Smith and Hunter Henry and Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. And Cam Newton's got another year in the system and he won't have COVID this year. And they they just think that it's going to be a repeat of what they saw in 2020 and it's not. Right. So that's that. Yeah. If they're going to move up and I don't think they will. But if they're going to move up, I think they're moving up for somebody they're going to plug in into the lineup right away, not somebody that's going to play in 2022. I'm 100% with you, you know, 100%. And to me, that goes back to, you know, maybe that's why they would have traded up for a Mac Jones because he fits that mold of what you're talking about, a guy that, yeah, we could – he could play this year for us. We feel like he's NFL ready. I mean, you hear everybody say that, right? I mean, there's not really been anybody quoted about the quarterbacks that doesn't say Mac Jones is the most NFL ready at this moment, this second. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. It's going to be very interesting, the top 10. I really am going to be intrigued by it because, as we've discussed a few times, there's lack of top-end premium talent in this draft. So, there are going to be a few teams that are going to go, man, we like these players and we have a real need for this position and this type of player to want to get up there to get one of these few elite guys that are there to, to be had tonight uh, for the 2021 draft. And what is amazing about it is everybody knows the first two picks. Everybody knows. There's no way the Jaguars aren't taking Trevor Lawrence. There's no way the Jets aren't taking Zach Wilson. You can't function as an organization in the New York media or with the New York fans if you have done nothing to push back against the presumption that it's Zach Wilson. Surprises don't go over well with Fireman Ed. (laughs) It's not going to happen. It's Lawrence. It's Wilson. But then after the first two, we don't know what the hell's going to happen. I can't remember a draft like that where first two, carve it in stone. Next eight. Who the hell knows? I know. You're right. Uh, who the hell knows? I mean, yeah, the 49ers, the Falcons right now, we're still not sure what the hell's going on with them. The Bengals, you hear that. Like, you're right. There's very few teams we feel like we can really pin a guy to that you kind of could, you know, in years past just to go, oh, I mean, I think that's who they're going to take. That makes sense. Like, you know, I, I think, you know, yeah, there's a handful of those guys every year where you just go, uh, I, I think that guy's going to be there, and that's going to make sense and all that. But there's there's very little of that this year. That's really what it makes, Peter it, King, makes it fascinating. Peter King dusted off the notion that the 49ers will look into trading Jimmy Garoppolo on Monday, and he attached that second-round draft pick to it as compensation. Jason Lock and Fora thereafter reported, and I want to get this right, Yeah, for a very strong expectation among other general managers that the 49ers are going to try to trade Jimmy Garoppolo. That that. Let's take that for what it is. Yeah. It's others in the league thinking that the phone's going to ring and that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be available, and whether he is or isn't remains to be seen. There is one factor, though, Chris, that may be a bit diminished. The idea that there would be a schism in the locker room because George Kittle recently said the team trusts in Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch because they haven't led us astray yet. That is the closest thing we've seen to whatever you guys do, 
we're on board. You're going to draft another quarterback, and you're going to put him on the field, and Jimmy Garoppolo is either not going to be on the team or he's going to be on the bench. We're fine with that. You know, uh, George Kittle will tear up the T-shirt with Jimmy G's picture on it and and reel in all the things he said about Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's our guy. No, whoever you say our guy is, Kyle, that's who our guy is, and that's what I think. I think the 49ers organization at the top needed to hear in the event that they do hang on to Jimmy Garoppolo in the hopes of getting more for him later. I still think he has to be gone by week one, right. but they may get more in trade for him later than they would get now. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, th- there's definitely that possibility. It is good to hear George Kittle. Like, that's going to make, you know, the, the 49ers front office feel good, right? You know, that there won't be mutiny or anything like that. It tells you, again, yeah, the, the, the faith the team has in Shanahan you know, they, they, they understand that the guy that's leading their team is a pretty special offensive mind and thinker and those type of things. So they believe. You see that. But, yeah, I think ultimately, right, I don't think there's going to be like a war in the locker room, but you're still going to have guys in that locker room, even though who are going to go like, hey, we trust Kyle, they're going to still look at the corner of their eye and be like, man, Jimmy was good. Like, Jimmy's the man. Why don't we let him be the quarterback? And maybe not fully emotionally give themselves to the other quarterback – because there's still like an emotional attachment to the old guy there. That's what I would worry about. And that's where it can like, yeah, maybe not really allow a team to come together and be 100% cohesive that way. And that's why I ultimately think, yes, he gets traded. I'm not so sure it happens this weekend, but I think it happens for sure sometime between now and I'm going to say the end of OTAs. I would think like... I would think he's gone before training camp. That would be my I guess. Agree. Yeah, that would hey, be. And here's another reason. Here's yeah. another reason. They they want to move on from him because he gets hurt all the time. Okay, they, they've admitted that. Yeah, they've admitted that. Right. Now, now, also, also, you know, he freaked out Kyle in the division round of the playoffs in 2019, and he became Bob Greasy for the rest of the postseason until the Super Bowl, during which he played well until the fourth quarter when he fell apart and missed Emmanuel Sanders with a championship throw. Other than that, he's been fine. My point is this. If you're concerned about his ability to stay healthy and you put him in a preseason game. That's right. And he suffers a serious injury. That's right. You're stuck yeah. with a $24.1 million salary. I remember back in 2008 when the Ravens wanted Steve McNair, the Titans, had, was it 2008 or 2006? Whatever, it was 2006. It was the year they drafted Vince Young. They wanted Steve McNair out and they locked him out of the building. They wouldn't let Steve McNair in because if if he dropped a, a dumbbell on his foot and he was out for the year, they had a $10 million cap charge, which was a huge deal in 2006. So you don't want a guy that you're concerned about getting injured in a spot where he could get injured. And, you know, in, under that circumstance, you don't want him in the building at all. If, if you think this guy is fragile... You don't want him working out in your weight room. You don't yeah. want him running on your practice field. You don't right. want him doing anything because one false step, and the 49ers saw this pre-Kyle and John Lynch. They saw it with Michael Crabtree when he popped an Achilles during an OTA. Right. You're stuck for $24.1 million this year. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I think all those those factors are very real. And, Mike, I mean, we got one on our text right now. Just, like, uh, I, I see Schefter put out a tweet explaining this one minute ago. Uh, you want me to read it? 
Well, go right. ahead. You read it now and interpret Okay. It. Multiple teams are expected to contact the 49ers today to inquire about the availability of quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo per sources. But as of early this morning, the chances of him being traded are, in the words of one source, remote. Let's see if anything changes in the next 72 hours. All right, I'll interpret it. The source is Don Yee, Jimmy Garoppolo's agent, because there's a strong connection between Yee and Schefter. And this is the message that don't get your hopes up that Jimmy G's taking a big pay cut. That's why it's remote, because ah. he's making $25 million this year. Right. So he's got no reason to cut it to $10 million now. He can wait till later. Now, here's the problem. You wait too long, and the 49ers cut you. See, I think Don Yee realizes they're not going to do that we're going to come to you right before the start of the regular season and say, you got to slash your salary in half or more than in half, or we're going to cut you for the, the reason we're very fortuitous. The reason we're just discussing, they don't want to risk owing them 24.1 million. Yeah. It's not going to last that long at right. the latest. If they are going to cut him, they're going to take the best offer they can get, or they're going to cut him right before training camp. And if you cut him right before training camp, he's got time to go somewhere else, especially if, Don Yee sees which way the wind's blowing and has made some calls to some teams saying, trust me, my guy's going to be available just as you're reporting for camp. I think that's that it's that $24 million question. I think that's what keeps the 49ers from, from holding him until Labor Day weekend and saying, you're taking $10 million this year, you're taking a hike, and good luck finding another job. Right. They don't want the risk he gets injured during the preseason it, or in training that's camp. That's real. That is real. It, the, the thing is, you know, with, with Jimmy G, you know, he could take the risk of losing out on a chance to be a starter still, though, if he does wait too long himself, right, to maybe make some of these concessions or do that. You know, whether that's if the Bears would be interested, you know, you know, if New England, I think if you got too far down the road with them, all right, they're just going to go, wait, it's the middle of August. Cam's practicing good. We like it. Sorry, we're not going to mess with our team right now. You know, I would worry about those type of things. To now it's like, wait, it's gone a little too long. And now you might get cut and not make anything close to $24 million. So that's where they're going to have to balance it out. And then this is another thing that kind of popped in my mind as we were talking about this with the 49ers. Hey, the 49ers, may, they might not be in a rush to trade them this weekend. You know, the, the other thing, too, is they might want to just keep them through OTAs and things like that just to, to make sure their rookie quarterback is everything they thought he was going to be. You know, for the proverbial hope he doesn't crap the bed now that he gets here in the NFL. And once you get to see that and go, okay, wait, he's good, he's comfortable, all that, all right, now we can get rid of Jimmy G. There's that factor, too, to where maybe they hang on to him just for a little bit just so they can get their guy in the building and know that, hey, he's ready to, to take the reins. One last point that reinforces my belief that this is Don Yee putting the word out, as Matt Casey notes, key word, first word, multiple Multiple teams are expected to contact the 49ers. In other words, there's going to be a market for my guy. Yeah. Multiple teams. Many teams are saying they want Jimmy who, Garoppolo. Who? We were trying to figure out last night who would want him. Texans, Bears, and Patriots. another one that slips my mind. Patriots, duh. I mean, we were that's, talking about the yeah, Patriots. But that's Patriots, Texans, Bears, that's it. It's really it, right? I mean, Denver's off the table. So, I mean, it it's, it's comes down to those, to those teams. I don't know who else could be realistically out there to, to be thinking that. So... I guess those are the multiple teams we're, we're talking about here. All it takes is two. Two is multiple. Two is multiple. And even then, even then, 
it's not easy to find two clear and obvious destinations for Jimmy G. But if there were only two, I would say Texans and Patriots because you've got the history there. You've got the knowledge of Jimmy Garoppolo. And, uh, you know, arguably you have the need. I still I still think about the Jermaine Wiggins quote from six, seven weeks ago. Yeah, the right. former Patriot who's now in WEEI saying that there were Patriots players that kind of looked at Jimmy G sideways. Can we count on you? He had a four-game audition in 2016. He got injured in game two. Yeah. It's... And if I'm Bill Belichick, what do it's, well, I don't know? Do you go with do you go with Cam Newton and Jimmy G? Do you come up with a two quarterback offense and you use them both? I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I this gets back to what we we're saying. We keep hearing that they like Cam Newton. Why would they want Jimmy G? But uh, maybe they want the familiarity. Maybe they want the flexibility. Yeah, we'll see. Right. Pete, do we do Julio Jones here or take a break? All right. All right. Uh, this is a day where you, you don't care about the clock. You just keep going. Maybe we'll go two straight hours with the no hell with you, breaks, clock. Although I have a feeling folks wouldn't like that. Uh, the the audience might, but the you know the folks who pay us may not. Okay, Julio Jones, Falcons. We know he's available now. The Falcons made sure multiple reporters knew Monday morning. There it is. Hey, Julio Jones is available. Not now, June two, but we can work out a deal now. Jay Glazer reported that the Ravens asked the Falcons about Julio Jones. But his contract is a problem. Now, look, it's not like the Ravens didn't know about the contract. It's not that the contract's the problem. The problem is the Falcons don't want to pay yeah, that's X right. million right. of 15.3 that's fully guaranteed. Or Julio doesn't want to restructure in a way that, that is not advantageous to him. Or maybe he just doesn't want to play for the Ravens and he's not willing to restructure. He, he has no reason to take a penny less than 15.3 million because it's fully guaranteed. Just like Teddy Bridgewater wasn't going to take a penny less than 10 million as part of this deal that sent him to Denver because he's got 10 million fully guaranteed. So it's 15.3, Julio's making it. I really think it comes down to when you consider Carolina's paying seven of 10 million guaranteed to Teddy Bridgewater, right. Dolphins paying six of nine million that was guaranteed to Eric Flowers. I think the problem is yes. the Ravens said, hey, you want a second round pick for this guy, you gotta you gotta pay five, six, Definitely. seven million dollars of his salary. Definitely. A hundred percent. I'm with you. I think that's exactly the logic. I mean, it's just it's too risky just to go, wait, we'll take Julio Jones at this point of his career for north of fifteen million dollars a year. And, you know, they know what the rest of us know in football. I mean, Julio Jones can barely practice. It's always just like we're going to make a decision on Friday or Saturday or the day of the game and see what he is. You know, so no one's going to pay $15 million a year for a guy that's his age, that has that injury history, that they know is, you know, has to have a miracle every week to kind of get on the field on a Sunday. The talent when he is on the field and everything, it's, it's damn good. There's no doubt about it. But I don't think teams are going to be able to swallow the pill of that money unless it gets to – around the 10 million, eight, eight, nine million, something like that mark to make them feel comfortable uh, because of that little injury history he's got. And there's a loose correlation between money and draft capital. And the more that the Falcons will want the Ravens or any other team to pay of that 15.3 million, the less that team is exactly. willing to give up right. in draft capital. Right. It's, it's, it, go, it goes back and forth. The more you want in draft capital, the more you better pay of that 15.3 million. And look, just because it didn't work with the Ravens, that doesn't mean it can't swing back around with the Ravens. They got time. Yeah. And 
teams will continue to be interested. The reason they put the word out before the draft is you, you don't want a team that would have potentially traded for Julio Jones drafting right. a receiver and then closing the door on what would be a need for Julio Jones. That, it, in hindsight, it's obvious. It's not a coincidence that three different reporters have the same idea, the same notion, the same door is open for Julio Jones on the same damn day three days before the draft starts. Right. This is the Falcons pulling the cord on the lawnmower to get everyone aware that he's in play. And and so far we know about the Ravens. Presumably others have called too because that's what teams do this time of year. They make phone calls. They Hopefully they have unlimited plans on their cell phones because they're calling and calling and calling and calling to see all the possibilities before they make decisions. Otherwise, you haven't done your homework. You haven't done your due diligence. And when the boss asks you a tough question, well, did you look into this? Did you look into that? You can say, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Did you say minutes on the cell phone? Like that was still a thing? Like uh, that whole is thing? It, is I it? I don't, I don't know. know. I've had unlimited minutes <laughs> for years. Is that still a thing? <laughs> I don't think it's it no is. It's no longer a thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can remember. Get the music ready, Nicole. Back in my day. I can day. remember when you picked up the phone and dialed a long distance number. It was like you had rented premium space on a rocket to Mars. That's the price of that call. And you better finish your business and get the hell off the phone. Seriously. Otherwise, that phone bill is going to be more than the mortgage payment. Yeah. That's what it used to be. Now you can you know, pick up the phone and call China, and it doesn't cost you any more than what you pay per month. It's amazing. It is amazing. Changed. It is. Let's take a break. It's amazing we've gone 43 minutes. When we return, we have a new catchphrase to decipher as it relates to how long a quarterback will be with his current team. We'll do that next here on PFD Live. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait but marines will always be there they are the constant in the chaos no matter the battlefield marines adapt to win defeating every shifting threat protecting our nation's future the few the proud the marines reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest but let me play devil's advocate here let's see so no that's a good thing uh <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Miss Lady. <laughs> well, these are, these are our cutouts for the first round tomorrow for the uh, draft. We're gonna have awesome. these all throughout the room. We're not sure. That's where we'll awesome. Be. <laughs> John Schneider, Pete Carroll, their pre-draft press conference yesterday with the cardboard cutouts, and then the real thing. And when the real thing began to talk, Chris, the real topic, Russell 
Wilson. This is the first time they both were in a position to answer questions from reporters about that kerfuffle that we saw right after the Super Bowl when Russell was on with Dan Patrick and it kicked up this this dust storm of speculation as to whether or not he would be traded. The speculation still hasn't disappeared. They did their best yesterday to spray water on that dust and get past the idea that Russell wants out. Let's hear from both the general manager of the Seahawks and the head coach on the future of their quarterback. You know, there was a number of teams that called after that media blitz that that happened, right? Uh, But no, I never actively negotiated with anybody. and with any team now did people call absolutely and um but yeah i'm not going to get into specific teams but uh yeah there was never ever there was never ever a a, a conversation you know people think that trade talks happen you know like hey you just start negotiating right away there's a lot of calls that are very very periphery calls russ has been our quarterback for a good while and we've got a long contract with him. And when all of the conversation went about trades and all that, I knew what the truth was. We're <laughs> trading Russell. And so, uh, um, you know, that's – so we plan on him being here for a good good while. I don't know how many years it is now, but we're in great shape and, and a long future uh, ahead of us is shared. Russ knows that and I know that, and we, we're very clear about it. It's why it was really obvious that, that we just had to sit back and let the – you know the kind of the media take its course with, with the topic, and, and uh, so we did. And so we're in good shape and, and uh, both very clear about that. Chris, as I said yesterday on PFTPM, the Packers got more for their money when they hired a consultant to tell them to use the phrase foreseeable future than the Seahawks got for their money when they hired a consultant who told them to say a good while. A good Here's while. When, when you listen to Pete's answer, it sounds like Russell Wilson's under contract for 10 years. He's not. He's under contract three more seasons, 21, 22, 23. And his agent, Mark Rogers, who has no other NFL clients and therefore drives a hard bargain with the Seahawks every time, he always puts the squeeze on the Seahawks with one year left. We're two years away from Russell Wilson back on Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Fallon saying, so you're going to be the highest paid player in football again. <laughs> right, right. That's what's going to happen. So they're going to have to pay him or trade him in two years. I think the reality is – at most, they get one more year, and after this year, that's when Russell's either going to make his play or they're going to have to come to terms with reality. But, you know, a good while is the headline. When you listen to everything Pete said, and he looked over to John Schneider at one point, I mean, I don't know, maybe Pete just doesn't know how long Russell Wilson's under contract. It's not well into the future. It's three seasons, two years from now. They're either going to extend him, or they're going to be entering their lame duck year with Russell Wilson, or more likely they're going to be trading him then if they don't trade him before then. Yeah, I, I think uh, that's that's where I tend to lean. I mean, I think the one thing is, or, or I'll say for right now, right, is I think we can close the door on a Russell Wilson trade for this year. Like, it's not going to happen here anytime now, OTAs, training camp, whatever. He's going to be the quarterback of the Seahawks for 2021. But I think after that, it's a coin flip. I do. You know, I, I mean, it's just – there's too many media blitz. I mean, there was a media blitz because your quarterback made it a media blitz. They know that. They were very good in how they handled that whole situation there. You know, even with like how Pete at the end is like, you know, we always knew he was going to be here. So we just kind of let the media talk about it and, and we knew it would die down. No, no, no. You just. He's the one who did it. Russell right. did it. That's what I mean. Russell did it. And 
I don't buy that you always knew he was going to be here. I think you guys are just sitting there letting those phone calls come in going, man, is someone going to make us some absurd offer that we can't turn down? I, that's what I think. But as we also, too, I think what sheds light on that is, you know, we talked about this back at the time, you know, because the Bears tried to make it right, the, the, that they tried to, you know, which, which we heard, yeah, they must have sent an offer out there or anything like that. But Seattle never – as John Schneider said, never really got into real talks with anybody. Uh, so that should be able to keep him in good faith with Russell, Russell Wilson and everything like that. But I think that story's done here for this year at least. Well, and I think here's why they never got into any talks with anyone. Because once you do that, you you, you got to trade him. You can't say, well, we negotiated and then we decided to keep him. Once you, you throw yeah. that, that chum into the water, it's done. Because... Russell wanted out. His agent wanted him out. They saw an opportunity. And as long as the Seahawks kept the door slammed shut and furniture barricading the other side of it to any trade discussions, there was really nothing they could do. The moment you open that door, it's over. It's over. Just the question is, what deal are you going to get from another team? Uh, And I like it, Chris, because we had enough quarterback movement this year. Let's kick Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers to next year. Okay. We know we know what's coming. We know what's going to drive traffic and drive viewership. It's going to be what happens with Aaron Rodgers. What happens with Russell Wilson? Because they both got, I think we agree, one more year where they currently are. I I think so. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I see it playing out. And hey, you know, the other thing too with the Seahawks. I'm Russell and John probably look at it like I mean Russell Pete and John John Schneider they probably look at it again too the the salary thing with Russell and how much money is going to cost against their team and them having to juggle all of that and already being in a tight spot that had to be a, another big part of this puzzle to just go you know what it's just too much we can't let a guy go out the door and have this much dead money on our cap right now when he signed that contract two years ago, they gave him $35 million per year, top of the market at the time. I was told reliably, and I still believe it entirely, this is the last contract he's going to sign with the Seattle Seahawks. And I believe it because yeah. the next time around, what are they going to want? They're going to want $46 million a year or whatever the top of the market is two years from now. I don't know that anyone's going to pass Patrick Mahomes in new money average. Uh, which is currently $45 million, but they're, they're going to shoot for that. And one way or the other, Russell Wilson's going to end up in a place where he gets to be the Patrick Mahomes, and it all runs through him. That's what he wants. Yep. That's why it was a problem. That's why it was an issue. That's why we heard, let Russ cook all year last year. And as I said early in the season, the message is, let Russ cook, or you're going to be baking him a farewell cake. And people scoffed. Well, you can still scoff. The time for scoffing is going to end in about a year. Let's take a break. we got plenty more PFT Live to come. Draft Day Edition. We'll be back with more right after this. Good morning. I got some very unfortunate news this morning. Um, But the purpose of this video is just letting my friends and family know and I'm okay, I feel great, I'm asymptomatic, uh, I'm still in good spirit. Um, you know, I'm not gonna let nothing or nobody ruin this week for me. This is, you know, a dream come true. Caleb Farley, one of the most talented players in this year's draft, won't be in Cleveland tonight, had to take a COVID-19 test so he could attend the festivities and tested positive, asymptomatic. That news came out yesterday via his agent. and. 
it could end up being fortuitous for Caleb Farley because there is that sense, Chris. And again, all it takes is one team to put his name on the card in round one, but there is that sense that he's in danger of sliding out of round one altogether. Yeah, I, I, I think there are a bunch of teams that have crossed him off the list. There's no doubt. I've heard that from some people. I would think there's got to be at least a handful of teams that might still go, damn, he's just too damn good for us to pass up. Right. So we'll see where that goes. But that's definitely one of the things to watch for tonight. This is hands down, as you've heard me say a few times already, definitely one of the five best players in the draft. Like when you just turn on the film, just from film that alone, he is no doubt a top five talent in this draft. And man, to have that type of slide would be uh, pretty crazy to, to see where, where he'd finally end up. He opted out last year for family health reasons. His mother passed several years ago. He wanted to keep his father safe and free from COVID-19. He's not regarded as a guy who could slide out of round one because of opting out, though. It's the back problem. Surgery was involved. That, that's the thing. It's the medical issue that's causing this possible, possible slide out of round one if he was completely healthy. Definitely a round one pick, maybe, and if not, undoubtedly top half of round one. Yeah. As to opt-outs, though, we spent some time yesterday talking about whether or not it's it's being regarded as a Nick Saban but instead of an and when a guy opted out based on what Jerry Jones said earlier this week and also Steelers GM Kevin Colbert. Here's Sean McVay, coach of the L.A. Rams, on the issue of players who opted out. You don't punish a guy this past year. has certainly been, uh, you know, I think one that uh, is, is, is different in so many ways, but you don't punish guys for that. You go back to the tape. Uh, you look at what they've previously done. And then there are some projections with guys that maybe have less uh, tangible evidence on the tape. And, and, and it all is a part of the evaluation process. But, but certainly nothing weighs more than, than when you're evaluating them playing the game that we're going to ask them to do. That is a more positive way to put it. And the reality is the more of a projection that's involved the more it could hurt a guy. It's right. not about the fact that he opted out. It's the fact that that we are, and I think that may have been what Jerry Jones was trying yeah, to say. Exactly right. That, that it is it is a projection. If a guy missed last year, we didn't get to see whether he continues to develop in a positive way. Maybe he would have stunk if he had played last year. We've seen that. We've seen guys enter the process before their last year in college football. Cream of the crop. Remember Brian Brom. First overall pick, right? Two thousand, right? And eight, seven, seven, right? Yeah. Eight, two thousand. Right. It was two thousand eight. It was the year that Brett Favre retired because they ended up getting him in round three. Right. He was going to be the number one guy. Played one more year and stunk. Right. Sorry, but that's what happened. Right. Matt he Barkley. Plummeted. He was going to be the number one yeah. pick. Right. I mean, yeah, hey, stay in school. You're going to be the number one pick, and he stayed in school and he wasn't. Right. So yeah, round you, four. You know, yeah. Um, but nonetheless, I'm with you. I think that's what Jerry was trying to say. It's it's just cool. It's the thing I respect about Sean McVay. You know, he just being around him uh, whenever I have, and then just he, the way he comes off in press conferences. He's just he's a real guy. He's a human, and he takes all those things into account. So uh, I respect that about him. And yeah, they don't have a lot of picks. They're gonna have to make their picks count for sure in their their luxury. Malibu house this weekend that they're going to be having fun. I hope we get a few look-ins on that in round one tonight, even though they're not picking in round one. Not anything to do. I know. Not anything to do. Well, I want to see they got a swimming pool. They got a kegerator. They're just going to sit around and drink. Right. And, I want to see and it. Smoke I want, and smoke. Yeah. Sounds good. Invite me. I'll come out. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I, let me say this, because Sean McVay was able to deliver that message in a way that 
created no ambiguity and opened no door for anyone to say, yeah, but you're also sticking it to these guys a little bit for going against the football grain. When Jerry said it, some of that came through. When McVeigh said it, it was spun in the most positive way possible, and it doesn't cast an implicit aspersion on the player who, God forbid, chose to go a year without playing football. Maybe they don't love football as much as they need to. Maybe they don't submit to the program the way they should. A little of that came through with Jerry. It didn't come through with Sean McVay. No, it did not. It did not. You know, again, I think, you know, McVay is just um, an unreal communicator that way. You know, he's, he's a guy that I just got a great way with players, you know, even, hey, even us, anybody. I mean, anybody that's been around Sean McVay, and if you're there and it's, you know, not a huge gathering, you know, his ability to communicate, talk, be charismatic, make you feel you know, like you're important with your conversation. He listens. I mean, that's what makes him special. Yeah, he's boy genius and got the greatest recall in football and all that type of stuff. But it's also his ability, again, with that team. They've had a lot of personalities, changing parts, all of those type of things. You don't ever hear an issue in L.A. with the Rams, with any of that type of stuff. And that's because of Sean McVay. He's an incredible leader, and there's no BS in him at all. So, you know, the, the players trust him and they know they can trust him uh, with whatever he says or whatever direction he's leading the team in. So you're saying he's not exactly like John Gruden? Uh, no. There's no then, BS in him. Then, no, he's not exactly like John Gruden, no. And l- let me no. just say this, though. Since you are heaping praise, and yeah. I'm a big Sean McVay fan, yeah. I-, I will say this. Yeah. If Sean McVay wants to go next level as a communicator, the key word, Sean, modulation. That's all I'm saying. Modulation. Speed, tone, volume. Modulation will serve you well. Let's take a break. (laughs) When we return, is it possible that we will see Deshaun Watson get traded during the draft? Oh, look at that, Oh, man. 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 Whoa. We still got time to fly out there. Not that they'd let us in. You're right. The hell with inviting me. I'm crashing the party. Here I come. (laughs) We'll be back with more right after this. Rocket Mortgage getting their money. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.